Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northwood Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. That's awesome. Richard, first day here and he's already riffing and and uh, like yeah, freestyling up here on the mic. Well done. That would be a good combo. If you beatboxed, if beatboxed, that sounds very Shakespearean. You beatboxed and he uh, kind of wrapped the announcements next week. Guys, you can practice that. I also like how you're almost like an Andrew impersonator with the hair. It's like if you just had a red beard, we could, uh, there you go. Um, so a couple of things. One thing, actually, Astrid, I'm talking to you in a second, too. In just a little while, Astrid and Isaac, and I don't know if Matthew and Scarlett are still in the back, but if they're in the room, they're going to be a perfect illustration for what I want to kind of share. Um, but first, I want to be thankful. I, like, You'd be surprised how often I get from people at SNL, it's like, hey, how can I help more? Teddy was almost annoying today with all of the things. Like, how can I help do this, that, and the other thing? She's here early with the kids, and um, and so it's it's beautiful. Sometimes I honestly don't know, because um, one of the things about Northridge Church is that we kind of we really rely on volunteers. Um, like even the leaves get raked by mom and dad, and the lawns mo- get mowed. Like like we've we've got volunteers for just about everything. So um, there's always somebody doing something. But if you're looking for ways to get in and start getting more involved, last week you were a huge blessing, or many of you were a huge blessing, stacking the outside rows of chairs in stacks of 10. Because after the 10 o'clock service, we have the Spanish service, and they don't want a billion chairs in here because then people sit all over the place. They want just the middle section. So if you can get in the habit of doing that, that's a huge blessing. The other thing that happens is that coffee station stays up tonight. It stays up tomorrow morning. But the Spanish service, they serve coffee in the room where we have the clothes and where the coffee is made. And so that gets taken down. So everything gets taken out of there. So again, if, if you're looking to be helpful, um, it was such a blessing last week having those stacks of chair, chairs and they were just rolled away real quick. Um, and so if you're looking for ways to help, that, those are great ways to help. And we really appreciate it. So thank you. All right, welcome. Um, For those of you who have been here for a a while, you've been with us on this year-long journey. In fact, I was just going back in our um, spot. We do a Spotify podcast. So basically, we take this service, and we take just the audio, and we put it on Spotify. And so those go back to January 1st, where we started talking about the life of Jesus. And this is kind of our mandate on Saturday nights, where we just want you to know as much as we can share with you about this Jesus. Because one of the things I've found, and you can correct me if you're wrong, but people around the world, they don't always like Christians. Am I right? (laughs) It's okay, you won't offend me. I'll probably offend more people today than you will, Richard. But uh, people don't always like Christians, because honestly, Christians are human beings and they're always going to have their jerk moments. If you follow me around, actually, if you watch me drive, 
uh, you'll you'll probably like not like Christians very much. Okay, they're, Christians are are fallible. They're human. They're going to screw up. But around the world, when people hear about this Jesus, and the more you hear about him as uh, this man that lived, and, and we believe he was the Son of God, God come to earth and living this perfect, the more you hear about this Jesus, the more your mind is going to be blown. I don't hear too many people um, who are critical of Jesus. In fact, um, I had the opportunity to serve in, in Senegal, which is, a, is quite a Muslim country. And when I was there, they loved, they loved the Bible. And when I say they, that sounds very overly general. But um, even the, the most um, religious Muslims, they love the Bible, and they're big fans of Jesus. They just don't like Christians very much sometimes. And again, sometimes I don't blame them. But that's what we do here on Saturday nights, is, is we preach Jesus. In fact, I love that song we did today, I Speak Jesus. That's one of the things we want you to leave every time, is, is to go get a little bit closer to knowing who this Jesus is. And so for all of 2022 so far, we've been going chronologically through the life of Jesus. And now we're at the point, many of you know the story that usually gets told at Easter, when Jesus gets arrested and gets nailed to a cross, buried in a tomb. And we're getting close to that part of the story right now in 2022. So it's a little bit unusual, but I'm actually kind of excited. I'll tell you why. I'm going to give you a sneak peek into Christmas. Right around Christmas time, where the world is celebrating the birth of baby Jesus, we are going to be learning here on Saturday nights about what baby Jesus came to earth to do. There's a lyric in a song that I love um, that talks about how Jesus was born to die. And it sounds kind of gruesome, but he was born knowing that he was going to be a sacrifice for us. He lived his life knowing he was going to give it for us. And it's amazing. And so last week, as we were teaching, Jesus is making his entrance into Jerusalem for the last time. He knows that he is walking, well, he wasn't walking, he was riding a, a, a colt into this city, knowing that he was going to his death. And he was going to give himself up as a sacrifice for us. And so now today, we're actually going to go into Mark. We haven't been in Mark for a little bit. So this is the book of Mark in chapter 11. And all we're going to read from the Bible today is four verses. Or is that five verses, 15 to 19? Anyways, four verses we'll say. And I'm just going to read it, and then we'll break it down. Verse 15 starts like this. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple, and began to drive out those who sold and... Uh, those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and they were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. So this is an interesting story. So Jesus, his first thing that he does as he enters Jerusalem, remember Jerusalem is known as the holy city. And he enters Jerusalem. He doesn't just enter the holy city. He enters the temple. And if you've been following along, you hear story after story about how Jesus is this incredibly important, powerful person 
And, and so his disciples would try and keep people like Isaac away from him, that he wouldn't let little kids come. But Jesus said, no, no, he, let the kids come to me. He loved the kids. He was gentle with women. Like he was kind to women in a, in a culture where women were just looked down on. He was gentle and kind with women. Jesus preached love. He even preached, if, if somebody smacks you in the face, you know what, offer up the other side of your face. He preached peace. And now we get a glimpse, a different side of Jesus, but there's something specific to this that I want to break down. So let's go verse by verse. He came to Jerusalem, entered the temple, and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. Let me stop there for a second. What they were selling, it wasn't arts and crafts. It wasn't buns and, and donuts. They were selling the animals that you needed to sacrifice so that your sins could be forgiven. So you got to remember everything before Jesus, in order for your sins to be forgiven, there had to be sacrificed. Remember that, that verse, for the wages of sin is death. That, even though that is a New Testament verse, that applied in the Old Testament. When we sinned, the punishment for that sin was death. But God made a way for us to be forgiven where we could sacrifice animals. And I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. Now that Jesus has come, we don't need to do that. And we'll talk about that in a second. But back in the day, you needed to have like a pigeon or a lamb. And some people, they weren't wealthy enough to raise their own pigeons or raise their own lambs. Or maybe that wasn't their occupation. Maybe they were a carpenter and they didn't have time on the side to raise lambs and raise pigeons. And so instead, they would come to the temple with money. And they would purchase a, a pigeon that they could take and they could sacrifice so that their sins could be forgiven. And it was a system, it sounds a little messed up. Like, I, I'm really glad we don't have to do this today where we have to kill animals to be forgiven. Jesus took care of that. But what was even worse is that these people who were selling the pigeons and the other animals to be sacrificed, they were jacking the prices. Actually, we were just talking about the cost of salt right now. Okay, they know they've got us. They know we need salt for our roads, right? So they just crank the, the, the prices of the salt. Um, and, and that's kind of the way of the world. And so these people who had the, the animals that were needed for sacrifice, they knew that others needed them, and so they jacked the prices, and they were making a lot of money off of people coming to sacrifice. And actually, Isaac, I need you. Come here. Come here. You need to be a model. Could you imagine? Come here. I need you. There you go. Perfect. You can just stand right by me. You can just stand right by me. Come here. Hold my hand. Hold my hand and stand. Actually, you got to stand on the same level as me. Could you imagine if, if there was a rule that said in order to get to heaven, you had to be as tall as my shoulder? And so that would mean, sorry, Isaac, you don't get to heaven. That's, I'm just kidding. But uh, could you imagine if that was the rule? And you know what? What these people were doing by selling animals at such a high price is they were actually saying, in order to be forgiven for your sins, you had to be rich. You had to have enough money. All right, you did a perfect job. Go sit down. Get lost. Good job, Isaac. Give Isaac a big hand. 
So what these people were doing is they were actually creating a barrier to get forgiven, to have your sins forgiven. And you guys, we, we all kind of know about barriers when it comes to, um, so for example, Salvation Army is, uh, and I could totally screw up this language, so forgive me if I get this wrong, but they're more of a lower barrier um, place to go. You, you, you don't have to tick off as many boxes. To get into Hope for Freedom, I believe you've got to be detoxed, you've got to be, you've got to be farther along uh, in order to be at Hope for Freedom. There's some more, there's a, there are more barriers, there are more things you have to do more boxes you have to tick in order to be at Hope for Freedom, right? And so when it comes to having your sins forgiven, Jesus was seeing that these people were creating a barrier. They were creating something that stopped some people from being able to get forgiven. If they didn't have enough money, they couldn't be forgiven for their sins. And Jesus lost his mind. That's probably a really blasphemous thing to say. But he got really mad. And he was specifically mad at these people who were making it more difficult to have their sins forgiven. Jesus would never say, okay, in order to be forgiven for your sins, you have to have this much money in the bank. Jesus is always in pursuit of us. He wants to not only have us come to him, he wants to go to you and and grab you out of your lowest points and pull you into safety. He wants to forgive you. And so when somebody says, yeah, you can be forgiven, but it'll cost you $7.99, Jesus is not having it. And so he goes in there and he starts driving people out of the temple. And he's so upset. Uh, Later on we see him say, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. This is supposed to be a place where people can come and be forgiven for their sins, but instead you're making it a den of robbers. You're making it a place to get fat and happy off of God's forgiveness. It's a screwed up system they had going. So he did one. He, he chased off the people who were selling stuff, and then he, he starts flipping the tables of the moneylenders. Now, the other part that I actually had to do a little bit of looking into, um, first of all, there were some uh, taxes that sometimes need to be paid or the cost that would need to be paid to, to get the sacrifices was generally about two days worth of work. But you couldn't just come in with your, your $2 American and put it on the table and say, okay, I'd like to be forgiven for my sins. You had to change your money into a specific currency. And so that was another business that was set up and they were doing the money changing. They would take whatever currency you were bringing in and they would exchange that for the proper currency. And once again, they totally inflated the rates and they would take advantage of people. And Jesus was like literally flipping tables. He was so mad. And we don't see this in Jesus very often. We don't see this kind of behavior. We don't see this emotion out of Jesus. And Jesus was encountering evil people all the time. In fact, you you see some people who are, uh, man, put it this way, he would encounter evil people and he would be filled with compassion for them. He would want forgiveness for them. 
But these people who were creating a blockade, a stopping point, so that people could not enjoy or, or experience the forgiveness from their sins, Jesus was so frustrated. He was so mad. And that's why he drove those people to the temple, flipped over the tables, and was just super upset. And then we see the response to this. In verse 18, it says, the chief priests and the scribes. Now, chief priests, what, what is, is queuing on here? Um, here? Here's a hard part of, of our history, um, is that the priests, so in, in some respects, I would be considered a priest, okay? Sometimes you get called a pastor, or uh, across the street, they call it a, a rector or a vicar. But a priest would be somebody who, who preaches the word of God. And the chief priest, he would have been the one that was making a lot of money off a lot of these transactions. This temple place had become a place of business where he's got this passive income that he's getting fat and happy off of. So this chief priest is not impressed. The chief priests and the scribes heard what happened and they started to seek a way to destroy him. For they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. So two things are happening. A, Jesus is bad for business. And B, Jesus is preaching about a different way. He's preaching about the love of God. And these Pharisees and the scribes, they didn't like, it was a distraction from what they were teaching. People were starting to see that Jesus was the promised Messiah, God's person who was going to come and save us all. But the Pharisees and the scribes, they were still waiting for a different Messiah. They just kind of pictured that the Messiah wouldn't come as this kid from Nazareth who would, who would rise up and, and just be... They, they expected this good, Jewish, strong, powerful king who would come in and save them. And say they were upset, and they were looking for a way to destroy Jesus. And this can kind of start to cue in our minds, oh, okay, I see. Jesus really upset these people, and so they put him in jail. Jesus knew before he got into the city that he was walking to his death. We've, we've said that a couple of times. He knew that he was coming to give himself up as a sacrifice for us. And it's almost like the Pharisees and scribes, they're just playing catch-up now. They're starting to come into their part of the story. And they're starting to murmur to each other, we've got to, get, we've got to get rid of this Jesus. We've got to find a way to wipe him out, to, to bump him off, or to get, just put him in jail or get him out of here so we don't have to think about him anymore. And when evening came, they went out of the city. And they were making their plans. We're going to see exactly what they were doing just after that. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And here's the takeaway for today. I feel like uh, I need to apologize on behalf of people in my role. If, if any of you or any of you at home have ever felt like you couldn't be in this place, or that you didn't belong in a church, or that you couldn't be forgiven, that if that Jesus didn't want to forgive you, if anybody ever made you feel that way, you need to know that breaks Jesus' heart. But unfortunately, we do it all the time. 
uh, as, a, as a kid, the idea of wearing a hat in church, I would have gotten so much trouble. But if I was wiser, I'd probably give him heck, like, hey, don't, don't make another step. Don't insert a step, a, a, a qualifier to be in church. Don't make it harder to be in church. Don't make it harder to come into relationship with Jesus. And you know what? I look back on my on my life, and especially as a kid, I was a dirt, I was a I was a jerk. And and I know that people knew that I was a Christian and I was still a jerk a jerk. I'm sure that I scared non-Christians. Like if he's a Christian, I don't want anything to do with it. And and I think I was a barricade or a blockade to people coming to know Jesus. And you know, I, I, I feel again on behalf of pastors around the world. If you've ever felt like you weren't welcome in the church, if you ever felt like Jesus looked at you a little bit differently because of your story, that's probably our fault. That's, that's where we in our church history have probably done something that is really dangerous and really damaging. And so on behalf, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but on behalf of pastors and the church, I am sorry. I'm sorry for those times that you didn't feel the love of Jesus in a room like this. Because that's what he wants for you. And anything that we do that goes and works against that is the work of the enemy. Um, let's stand and sing a song together. And I got one more thing I want to share with you before we go. So let's stand and worship. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed. Thank you.